And ladies and gentlemen, when you come to the church, in the modern day church, the fivefold ministry of the apostle and the pastor and the, and the prophet and the teacher and the evangelist, these are supposed to be the leaders that God has given to the church. But if you look at the church today, sometimes we are not satisfied with the kind of leader God has given to us. We want leaders who are like leaders of the world. Intellectual power. So you can sit in church and your pastor is not smart enough for you. The person is not intellectually powerful enough for you. You want a leader who is intellectually powerful. I have met pastors and they tell me, I'm going to study maybe law. The person is about 40 years old. I'm going to study law. 45 years old. I'm going to study something on administration. I'm going to study something on business something. And I'm like, why are you going to do it? They say, well, I'm sitting in a church. The people don't respect me. So me too, I must get a first degree and I must get a master's degree so that they can respect me. You are thinking like the world. You are thinking like the world. So now the Bible said when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and took notice of them that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they said, these men have been with Christ. Listen, we have come to the place in the kingdom where knowledge is becoming more important than holiness. And the thing that caused the, the, the fall in the Garden of Eden was knowledge. He said, the day you eat of this tree, you will become like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. And the Bible said, and when they ate it, their eyes were open. I've seen, you know, intellectual knowledge. They want to be intellectually powerful. But the area of knowledge a pastor should have is the scriptures. Do you notice that these days you can listen to many pastors and the truth is that we cannot even quote the scriptures. You scarcely see a pastor who can line up about seven scriptures. Listen, the Abu Bakr type of pre-Christians and pastors have left the church. They don't exist. How many of you remember Reverend Abu Bakr? The man I brought here who could recite whole chapters of scripture. Take annotated Bible. That man, they put him in prison. By the time he came out, he could memorize, he could recite the whole of the Bible. You see the Bishop Kakrabedin type of pastor who can just recite scriptures. Christians these days are not, they are not enticed by, by, by knowledge. I remember these days when, those days when in the church, you know, everything was motivational. Everybody wanted to show how much knowledge they have. Apart from the physical knowledge. You know, I was telling somebody, that I don't know um, how many days ago. I said, I'm sitting down. I'm, I'm grown now. I said, if I know what I know today, I would have become a better pastor. My first mistake was I went and studied pharmacy instead of theology. When I now came out of pharmacy school, instead of by the age of 30, moving straight into working on my theology I continue preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching then I finally hit the age of about 45 then I wanted to now go and do the theology because I realized I was writing books I have the revelation but I didn't have the bible school qualification to back everything I was doing you know I I said all these no things were knowledge which were not important. So I now consulted some Bible schools 
and I consulted some very good friends of mine, like Dr. Menzo Tabulenko, and I said, I want to do masters in theology. All of them told me that I must go and do masters, I must go and do bachelors in theology first before I can do the masters. That vision was aborted. Today, I have written 93 books. But wait. All these 93 books I have written, I'm not a professional. I'm an amateur writer on the things of the Bible. That means if they take any of these my books to a reputable Bible school and they want to adopt it as a textbook, the first of all will want to find out, has he got a bachelor's in theology? No. Master's in theology? No. Doctorate in theology? The answer is no. I remember years ago I was teaching in a certain school and a woman prophesied on me. I see Bible dictionaries and commentaries in this man's spirit. Now the truth is that by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, I could write a kind of annotated Bible or a kind of a commentary. But if I do it academically, it will not qualify to go into institutions. So I'm telling myself, when I finished the first degree and came out, I should have started pursuing knowledge of the Bible, go, go, do, to, go do my bachelor's in the, in the theology, go do my master's, go do the doctorate. Even the time I knew it around the age of 45. If I was in Accra, I could have done it. Because in Accra, you can be pastoring and you combine it to some Trinity College kind of thing. But, but in Bogatanga, we don't have things like that. So I was not stuck. I couldn't do it up to today. And now I want to tell you it's too late. Samuel was old. I didn't say I'm old. I said somewhere. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Sometimes we just want to be like the world. We want leaders like the world. Knowledge. Then power. We want leaders like the world. So today, the church people also, they want a pastor who is powerful like a fetish priest. A fetish priest is a leader in the world. Listen, they are turning we, those who are pastors, into fetish priests. They are turning some of us into one zam. They are turning some of us into maram. Oh, yeah. Because when the people come, they are looking for some healing. They are looking for some deliverance. They want you to cast out a spirit from them. Even if you don't have that power, you must get it. You see, because these people got converted from the background of idolatry, witchcraft, in the world there, they have some kind of spiritual powers. And when they come to the church, they want you, the pastor, to be the same. And pastors are looking for power. They want spiritual power by any means. These days we hear all kinds of stories. A fetish priest can just get up and say, hey, you see these pastors, some of them came to me for juju. And sometimes we say they are lying, but the truth is that some of it has a hint of truth in it. And those of you that are in the church, there are times you put pressure on pastors to see what they haven't seen. They say, yes, I remember, you know, they were asking of a certain pastor. Then they, I referred them to a certain pastor to go for spiritual help. And they asked me, Auntie, oh, who are there? And I said, This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth. He said he sent forth his word and healed you. Sometimes I don't need to see anything to give you the word. Because as for the word, it is written already. When the devil was tempting Jesus, Jesus didn't say, I see. He said, it is written. Lazy Christian 
those who don't want to read, they don't want to read, they don't want to study, they don't want to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, they want a pastor who can see for them. And these days, people are really seeing for us. It is called pressure of the people. So instead of the man looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of the, the, the faith, the pastor has stopped looking unto Jesus and he's looking for pictures. I see seven crocodiles around you. And they say, I'm dead. Oh. I can see you in America. Hey. The following day, see them wearing a t-shirt with USA written on the back. So, intellectual power, spiritual power. Spiritual power, they, they just want something that is powerful. Hmm? See people trying to raise crypto. I, I, I remember when I, when I got born again and I was not thinking and God called me into the ministry. The first thing I was thinking about was how to raise cripples. I prayed for some. I tried my best. There was one case, by the time I finished with the cripple, he was more crippled than when I entered the building. The man kept getting up and falling down and he was so tired. When I finished and I, I, I had to look at my legs to be sure that me myself, I was not crippled. I was so tired. My legs were so weak, I felt like sitting down. I'm like, what is all this wahala? Stay where God has called you. Focus on your ministry. Do what God has called you. If you haven't seen a vision, you haven't seen a vision. God has not spoken to you. God has not. Just do the simple things God has called you to do. Your ministry is your ministry. Your people are your people. Listen, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. My daddy or my father who gave birth to me. Or my mother who gave birth to me. My father was a lance corporal in the army. He was not a sergeant. He wasn't a major. He was not a colonel. I cannot remember one day in my life when I saw a colonel in the armed forces and I said, she, I wish this was my father. No. My Lance Corporal father was my hero. That was my daddy. I was excited to be the son of Nyoknab. No, listen. My father was the best soldier. My father was the superman. He was the Batman. He is the greatest man on earth. There's no human being who has lived on earth better than my father, Nyoknab. He is the best man that ever lived. I don't care about your father, whether he was a chief, whether he was a regional minister. I don't care. The most important thing is that my father is the best man that ever lived. And the second best man that ever lived is me. I don't care about you and what you think about yourself and what you think about your father. You understand what I'm talking? Listen, we stayed with our father and we never wish somebody else was our father. In the same way, if you're a pastor, be what God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. Say what God has called you to say. Your true members will never leave you and look for another pastor somewhere and look for another minister somewhere. They'll be satisfied with who you are. They'll be happy with who you are. What you give them is the best. Am I talking to somebody at all? I was growing up. My mother was a poor woman. Sometimes all we had to eat was millet teaser and dry okra soup. With Dawadawa and Ketaskuboys. That was the best soup on earth. 
the best food on earth. Listen, we ate this food and we never went to another woman's house to go and see what were they cooking. No, my mother's tokara soup or baobab leaf soup was the Christmas day soup. It was the best soup. I'm praying that we will come to a place where you come to Fountain Gate Chapel and you know your pastors are the best. Your church is the best. What they give you in the kingdom is all you need. The only thing you need to make it to heaven is what they are giving you in the church. If something small adds to you, fine. But as for you, your pastors are the best. Your home cell leaders are the best. Your choir is the best. Your ashes are the best. Your prayer warriors are the most spiritual. Your church members are the best members. Can I hear somebody shout a neighbor? You know, sometimes, even those of us who are pastors, you'll be there and then some people will come to you and they're like, hey, pastor, you have to be very careful about some of your members. Some of your church members are not correct at all. We know them. And I look at them and I say, they are not correct, but they are with me. You are correct, but you are not with me. In other words, you are correct, but you are against me. I prefer the people who are not correct, but they are with me, to people that are correct, but they are not with me, and they are against me. Listen, I may not be correct, but I'm your pastor. The people that are correct, they may never have been your pastor by now. Maybe by now, they would have run away and left you. Thank God you have a pastor. Thank God you are pastors. Thank God you are prayer warriors. Thank God you are singers in the church. They may not be the best singers, but they are what you have. I remember this man of God. This man of God, Donatus. Donatus went and did a surgery. You saw there was a day he was trying to sing and I pulled him away from the pulpit. And that is because he had gone to do a surgery and he was still forcing to sing. And I told him, Donatus, go and sit down. Don't kill yourself. Go and sit down. He may not be the singer, the best singer, but he's prepared to die for you. There is another best singer who will not die. Listen, may you come to the place where you appreciate the people that are laying their life down in order to help you to go to heaven. Stop looking down on them. Stop stop underwriting the grace of God on their life. Am I talking to somebody at all? We are forcing people to do and to be what God has not called them to do. What God hasn't called them. And that's because the people of God these days are running about everywhere. Somebody wants a miracle. Somebody wants some power. Somebody wants something somewhere. And everybody's running. And if you're not careful, careful you the pastor to get up. Crusade, crusade, crusade. Then you will appear wearing a coat and a tie and then you do this. They say bring the blind, bring the lame, bring the cripple. I've never done that, you know. Bring the blind and bring the cripple. I've never. And that is because what about they bring them? And listen, I have seen them bring them to meetings. And after the meeting, even if 15 of them were healed. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but that, that is not the calling of God for me. Have I seen cripples walk? Yes. But the cripples that walked in my meetings, I didn't even know God had targeted them. All of a sudden, they themselves received faith and they rose up. I've seen blind see, but they were not my target. The deaf hear, but they were not my target. (laughs) 
cripple. Hey. Yesterday in the, night, in the night, I saw a miracle. Wifey, A.A. Allen. They brought him a child without bones in the legs. No bone. No bones in the legs. A.A. Allen took this child and was saying, you know, he can walk. You know, he can walk. Jesus, he can walk. Jesus. I'm looking at him and I'm like, Jack, Obian and I know bones. You are standing in front of people telling them, you know, he can walk. He can walk. He can walk. Jesus, he can walk. Oh, Jesus. The alien will cry. Will cry. No bones. And the child was deformed. You could see even the nose, the bone in the nose, that the thing had not grown well. And it was just straight, sharp like that. Even the face of the boy was distorted. Allen was crying. This boy, he gonna walk. He gonna walk. And the people were standing there. Yeah, Jesus. And as for the people there, they will help you. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. And I thought this guy, this child was going to drop like a piece of rat. The child was on the feet and moved towards him and he held him. It is a calling, it is an anointing, it is the grace. When God, if God has not given you that power, don't force yourself. Otherwise, one day you will be dealing with a spirit. Who is not the spirit of God? But you know what? The church people, they are pushing us in the area of power. Everybody say power. So by power, I'm talking about knowledge, intellectual power. I'm talking about spiritual power. These two areas of power. When you see a man of God who says, I know the Holy Ghost. I have been with God. The Lord appeared to me. You see somebody too standing and saying, Jesus, you must appear. Oh, Jesus, you must appear. Lord, appear. If he doesn't appear, what will you do to him? He reveals himself to whosoever he wants. I pray that you will learn to sit in church and you are happy with your pastors. You are happy with the ministry. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in, my, in, the, in their midst. I grew up as a Christian and I never sat in the church looking for a powerful pastor to appear. Because I knew that if I had to find God, I must find him for myself. If I have to know God, I must know him for myself. If I have to please God, I must please him for myself. I've never looked for a pastor to be my hero and carry me. A lazy bunch of Christians. Who sent the Christ in the church will not do anything. So they said, make us king like the kings of the other nations because the kings of the other nations are powerful. And one of the areas to their powerful is political power. Political power. They want pastors that are powerful. Hmm? They want pastors who are very close to politicians. Pastors who are very close to politicians, they carry political power. Huh? You see the Elisha type of pastor who said to the Shunammite, should I talk to the king for you? Should I talk to the army commander for you? Yes, yeah, that's a pastor. He has a lot of connections. I have nothing wrong with connections, but listen, we do need political power in the church in order to be a powerful church of Jesus Christ. We don't need political power in the church. You don't need it. Sometimes you can go to a church and you can see that the politicians have hijacked the whole church. The pastor cannot even preach what God has called him to preach. 
He must say something to make politicians happy. But listen to me, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We have a gospel to preach. We have a message to preach and we must focus on the message. So, make us a king like the kings of the other nations. The first thing I just talked about is power. The second thing is prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. Come on, shout it, prosperity. Yeah, these days, they judge how powerful a pastor is by the money he has. The money he has. No, no, no. This is, let me tell you the truth. If you are a pastor and you don't have money, even your own people look down on you. Can you imagine if you have a pastor who rides a bicycle to church? And you are sitting in church, now they say, oh, guy is coming. With a booter of water on the side. Pastor in Azua. Uh, Pastor in Azua, in Azua church, say, Pastor was coming to church and the KK spot on the road. Not easy. Now, look at me, look at me, look at me. Why is it, now, have you ever asked a question? Why the only pastors you hear of in the world are pastors who are financially sound? You never see a pastor who has no money on television. Or a pastor who has no money preaching on it. Sometimes you see people give the statistics and they say, oh, the, the 10 most powerful preachers in Africa, 10 most powerful preachers in the world. I ask them, how do you know? Is it because you see them on internet, hear them on radio? Listen, there are pastors who are powerful before God. You've never seen them. They are in a village. Their members are just about 20. to know a man called Kizzy Hayford. Many people have never heard of that guy. The man was not a pastor, but the anointing he carried. He used to give his testimonies. He was like one of these old time prophets. Kizzy Hayford would come and tell us that, you know what, he, he, he wanted to wash his clothing and he didn't have water. So he prayed to God that he should rain only in his house. And rain will fall only on his roof and he will gather the water and wash his clothing. That was how powerful Kizzy Hayford was. Yet nobody ever heard of him. I want to tell you, there are prophets you've never heard of. Pastors you've never heard of. Ministers you've never seen. They are not rich. They can't afford to be on TV. They've never written a book. They have never traveled to London. These days, if you want to, if you're a powerful man, a man of God, then you must go to London. Then you must go to America. Am I talking to somebody at all? Listen, these are worldly standards. I'm not saying a pastor shouldn't travel. I travel, but woe is me if I judge God being pleased with me by these things. One day, mommy and I were talking to a Christian, a lady, a matured Christian in Kumase. I made a statement. The lady argued with me for almost 30 minutes. I looked at her and nearly wept because she's one of the most respectful Christian ladies I know. But I nearly cried because I said, is this, this, how far we are backslidden that this simple statement I have made, this woman can't understand it. I told her, we call her with a very affectionate name. And I think mommy was sitting with me and I told her, I enjoy God's blessings and prosperity with guilt. Well, I think you were there. I said I enjoy it with guilt. When I enter a plane and I'm going to my seat, I go there with guilt. 
When I sit in my car after this service and I'm driving out, I will drive out with guilt. When I'm eating food, I eat the food with guilt. Somebody said, why? I ask myself, I'm eating this food. What are my members eating? I, I sit in the car to drive and go home. The members who gave the offering, somebody brought just one city. But after the service, the person has to walk home. Can I jump down and walk with them? The answer is no. But I wish above all things that they will prosper and be in health even as their souls prosper. And until they also prosper and until they are also blessed, I can never enjoy what God has given me. No, you think I can lie in my house, look at the house and say, Lord, I thank you for this house. I lie there and I'm thinking, what are my members lying on by now? The only thing I know is that even if I sold that house and distributed the money among the people, some of them will still live in Atakwami house. Am I teaching anything at all? Prosperity. But you know what? The kind of pastors you respect are pastors who are prosperous. Oh, that's a very powerful man of God. Oh, that man is a very powerful man of God. He has everything. God has really blessed him. Lands, houses, cars. So they said, we want the king, like the kings of the nations. Because the kings of the nations are prosperous. They have the gold, they have the silver, they have the diamonds, they have a kingdom. So today, if God calls you into the ministry, one thing you'll be looking for is money. But listen, you don't, money does not make you a man of God. Money doesn't make you a woman of God. Money doesn't make you an anointed person of God. 